Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. If you've ever taken a class in communication, you've probably heard it broken down into speaking skills and listening skills. And you've also probably heard the saying, we are given two ears and one mouth and they should be used proportionally. But were you aware there are different levels of listening? There's listening to respond, which is what most of us do most of the time, and listening to understand. And this second type of listening requires what's called deep listening. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, author and speaker, Dr. Diana Rabb. So, Diana, thank you so much for coming on and talking about what I think is going to be a really helpful conversation. Thank you so much, Leslie. It's my pleasure to be here. So, you wrote a piece, a recent piece for the Good Men Project called, entitled Deep Listening in Personal Relationships. So, can you actually give us a definition of what you mean by deep listening? Sure. Uh, the way I view deep listening, I think of it as listening to understand, not just, you know, just being present and listening to understand what the person is saying. It's about learning something from the person that's speaking. It's also about receiving information, you know, without making judgments or assumptions. I believe that deep listening is really at the heart of every really good relationship because it cultivates authentic relationship with others. And let's not forget that it's also a way to clarify and understand and hear what's going on in the other person's life. So how and is that different from listening to respond, which is, I think, what most of us do most of the time? Well, I think part, well, that's, real, that's a really good question because we all, you know, we <laughs> want to give our input. But, you know, to give, yeah, it's just about, the way I see this, it's just about giving the person space to express themselves without interrupting, unless, of course, they ask for an opinion. But very often people do just want to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to listen for feelings. You want to listen for meanings without getting your opinion, your judgment, your thoughts uh, in the, you know, involved in the process. Which is much more difficult than it sounds. <laughs> it's um, true. And to be a deep listener, you really have to listen with an open heart. You have to maybe even do some creative visualization to open your heart as you pull in the information that the person is sharing with you because, you know, it's a way that shows someone that you care about them. Listening is one of the most profound ways to show that you care. Uh Uh, And the other thing is listening can be contagious, you know. I know a lot of people that that I speak to during the course of the day, they're constantly interrupting and they don't even realize they're being inter- they're interrupting. And when they when you interrupt someone when they're speaking, they lose their train of thought, and so you're not really getting into the deep, you know, listening relationship. And so, what what makes deep listening so critical for healthy relationships? I know you touched a little bit on on it, but could you go a little bit deeper with that? 
Well, you know, again, like I did mention that it's, you know, it's about showing the other person that you care and what better way to show another person that you care by listening to what they have to say, whether it's what they did that day, however mundane, or it's whether they have feelings about something that happened that moved them in a certain way. And it's a, it's a bonding that occurs between two people. I mean, you know, our humans are different than any other species in that we're able to communicate at a level beyond any other species. And so we really have to honor that and cherish it. Uh, it, it provides a certain amount of closeness to the other person and helps you understand them and, you know, if they need help with something, then you really know the direction of help to offer. It also cultivates empathy between two people or three people, uh-huh. depending on how people are communicating. Uh, and, it, you know, acknowledging that you're paying attention is also uh, really good for, for the relationship. And it also establishes an atmosphere of trust, you uh-huh. know, between two people. Um, and and I love that you bring up that that trust because you know it, it's interesting because I'm I'm thinking about when when my husband and I met back back in the dark ages as my children would say, and I, I had to tell my daughter no I did not cross the country in a covered wagon. Actually, her thing was <laughs> her thing was mom were you alive for the San Francisco earthquake? Yes, the one in the 80s, not the one in 1906, but that's the whole thing. Um, but back in the day before there were, you know, before we had Zoom and all these other things, my husband and I, when we met, we spent a, we spent a lot of time on the phone back in the day when long distance thing, you know, was a thing. We had to pay much more for it. And we, and we spent hours talking to each other because, we, because we, we lived in different places when we met. And so, you know, in the beginning of relationships, there's a lot of this, what I think you call... You know, what we're talking about is deep listening, of wanting to get to know somebody, of wanting to learn about them. But then as we kind of go along through the years, we stop doing that. What is that about? Yeah, it's pretty, it's sad in a sense, I believe. You know, I think, well, it's just about familiarity, right? We think we know what the other person is going to say. We think that we know what they're going to, how they're going to react. So we perhaps do stop listening as much as we should, but I think it's a matter of us reminding ourselves to do some deep listening. And one way to cultivate that is to think of what the Buddhists call put on a beginner's mind or put Mm -hmm. on a beginner's ear while you're listening as if you've never heard the person speak before, like it's your first time meeting. And it's fascinating what emerges and what you notice that you might not have noticed after being with someone, for I've been with my husband 50 years, so, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying, Leslie, but it actually, if you put on a beginner's ear, it's all about being in the present moment and listening with a sense of wonder. You know, I, when I, with my grandchildren, I really feel that sense of wonder and everything is new, so if you can listen in the way that a child would listen to you talking about a particular subject or if you're at a museum and you're talking about art or you're in a circus and you're talking about the trampolines, just as if you've never heard them talk before. That really helps. That really, really helps. And then reflecting back on what you hear, mm-hmm. because sometimes that kind of encourages people um, to, un- to believe that you're really listening because you're, you know, saying it in a different way. 
Right, because I can't, I can't repeat back to you what you said if I really wasn't listening in the first place. Um, you know, and, and, and by the way, just that particular skill in and of itself can clear up all kinds of misunderstandings because I might not have actually heard what you said. I mean, literally, there, there might have been something that I just like didn't hear the word. And of course, our brains are these wonderful things that we fill in the blanks with you know, familiarity. It's like, oh, I know what they're saying, but, but we're actually not listening to them. But you, you know, just right. taking that moment to say, you know, this is what I heard. And sometimes it's like, how did you get that out of what I said? I mean, I don't, I don't recommend anybody say that, but, but sometimes it's like, we're ha- I mean, because frequently with my, with my clients, it's like, were you guys in having the same conversation because their because they're in, in takeaways were so completely different that it was like, did you stop and actually clarify what the other person was saying, not what you thought they said? Yeah, it definitely brings you both to the same place because it's true. Clarification is really, really important because so often we misunderstand, either Mm -hmm. because we're not listening closely or because things aren't expressed in the way that we understand it or we're viewing things with our own perspective without Mm -hmm. really taking in the other person's perspective. So acknowledging that you're understanding with nodding or saying uh aha or or, you know, repeating what they're saying in your own words is really helpful. Well, yeah, I mean, and then we can, and then that's where we can catch where, oh, you know, I didn't explain that well. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I, I mean I, I've, I've had clients come in and they will have said to me, well, last time you said ABC and I, and internally I'll go, oh my gosh, that's what they took away from what I said. But when I would replay it, I could understand why they took that away. I mean, I was very clear in my own head what it was I was trying to say, but I could understand how because they didn't know what I was talking about that it could be interpreted the way they walked away with it. So I've had to learn to, 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 to just in, in my work to do deep listening and make sure, and I, you know, I will say, you know, does that make sense or, or what was heard or what was the takeaway so that I can make sure that I express myself well, because in my head, I was the perfect orator, you know, um, exactly. yeah. you know, exactly. and it gets, it gets into these things because, you, you know, I mean, and this is why I always tell my clients, I said, please don't get into the, you know, into the discussion of, who said what, unless you, ha- unless you have some kind of objective recording, because we actually don't necessarily hear what the other person thinks they said. <laughs> right. So. right. Well, sometimes people are trying to listen, but they're, they're already thinking about what they're going to say, so they're really not listening. You mm-hmm. know? So they're not really being in the moment. They're just thinking, oh, I have a response to that, but I better keep thinking of it, otherwise I'm going to forget it. In the meantime, they forget to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's, uh, that, that's that listening to respond. It's, you know, somebody says something, it's like, oh, I've got to jump in with this. And, and you know, sometimes we haven't let the person finish their, finish their thought. I mean, I, I used to do, my husband used to go a little bit crazy with me because my brain would be working so fast and I'd ask him a question, and before he could even answer me, or he'd start to answer me, and then I'd answer it myself. So he just learned to just, like, pause. Just, it's like, okay. Yeah. 
did you come up with your yeah. own answer? Do you really want my input in this? And it would literally drive him crazy when I would do this. Yes. Yeah. Pausing is really powerful. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think most of us pause enough. You know, exactly. we're just so busy wanting to share our thoughts, express our feelings that we don't, you know, exercise any pausing or patience or, you know, maybe just try and take, take a few breaths would help. Yeah, and, and it's, and, you know, and, and there is. I mean, I, I always talk about the power of the pause because the pause actually lets you grab any emotional reaction you might be having, which also, by the way, gets in the way of being able to really listen because if my partner or whoever the person I'm talking to says something that I have a strong, usually hard reaction to, um, I go into defensive mode and then I'm really not listening. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming up with my counter argument or whatever it might be because I'm wrapped up in that emotional reaction as opposed to being able to sit and breathe and pause and go, okay, this is their experience. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be mine. I don't, ha- I don't have to take that on. But, that's, but again, that's, that's that being able to take that step back, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And, and actually, uh, piggyback on top of that is that if you're thinking about your response and your reaction, you're really not in the moment with the person who's speaking. You're kind of thinking ahead, right? So mm-hmm. if we can just focus on being mindful and being present in the moment and we, you know, the answers that we want to, you know, pass on to the next to the person or the responses will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, what sometimes what I do is I will uh, have a pad with me, and I'll because my memory has years <laughs> go on. Is I've had some issues, right? We all mm-hmm. do. I'll do when the person's talking. I always carry a little notepad. I'll kind of jot down like what I really want to say because I'll forget it by the time I finish listening. So that mm-hmm. sometimes helps keeps you in the moment, yet it doesn't frustrate you. And that how am I going to remember what I want to say? Yeah, and a lot of these things are just, you know, habit that we've, that we've gotten into, and we're, and we're not even recognized, like you were talking before, about people who kind of jump into conversations aren't even recognizing that they might be interrupting or, or whatever, and because we just, this is just a habit we've gotten into, and, you know, this whole thing about being much more mindful, being present, and I love, you know, I love the little notepad. <laughs> um, because sometimes, sometimes we just need that, and and if it allows us to stay in the moment, I I think it's a very very helpful little um, trick. I don't know if it's or, or hack or whatever we want to call it. You know, hacks are yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's one way to manage your reactivity. Because really, when you want to say something, it's all about your reaction. You're just reacting to the person's thoughts. So this is one way to manage it is, you know, just get it on the page in front of you. Uh-huh. Um, so because you're listening, you know, let's not forget, you're listening for feelings, you're listening for meaning, you're listening for where you could jump in, but maybe, you, should, you know, you should just hold off on jumping in until uh-huh. there's a obvious uh, pause in the conversation. 
Yeah. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I am talking about the importance of really listening with author and speaker Dr. Diana Rabb. So do you feel really heard and understood in your relationships? Do you really listen to those you care about? Now, being a good listener is a skill you can develop, and if your relationship is the victim of poor communication, this is a skill you want to master, and I can help with that. So if you're ready to be a master communicator, I invite you to get in touch with me today and schedule your free, no-obligation, five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. Now I want to get back to this conversation about deep listening and so, Diana, you offer some tips in your article about how to be a better listener that I kind of broke into two categories, actions and mindset. And you know, the first are things you suggest, like looking into the other person's eyes, repeating in your own words what you heard, nodding, making, you know, acknowledging comments like, uh-huh, summarizing what you've heard, paying attention to body language and tone. So these are kind of action things that, that, that somebody can do. So what makes these steps useful? What makes these steps useful? Is that what uh-huh. you asked? Sorry. Yeah. I broke up for a second. Well, I think some people, you know, want to be better listeners, but they're really not sure, you know, how to do it. And mm-hmm. so these are that kind of can... Uh, help you along the way. Um, and I think we all need reminders, especially if we've been with our partners for a very long time, even if we, I mean, I'm just natural. Some people are just natural good listeners. Other people just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Other people want to, I'm, I'm one of those people that it happens to be a good listener. And I think we often, you know, attracted to the opposite, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, it's just you know it's just it's just tips, just kind of reminders to what what to do, and just paying attention to what they're saying, look in their eyes, you know, no judgments, cultivating empathy by you know body language, body language is very important. Pay attention to their body language, pay attention to your body language. you know sometimes people might look at when you're when they're speaking, they might look at you and see that you look impatient, that you want to talk or that you're mm-hmm to get going and so body language is extremely important uh, and yes empathy is incredibly important too and you know summarizing what they what they or they're telling you and just trying to avoid any criticism if they're asking for your opinion try to avoid you know any arguing or criticism and be slow to disagree I would say mm-hmm. because that's not encouraging people to talk to you well, and, um, and it, also get comfortable with silence, you know. A lot of us are not comfortable with silence, and uh, that's why listening is such a skill that has to be practiced. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And, and when you're talking about some of these things, especially paying attention to body language, tone, um, this, is, this is why communicating by text can be challenging 
um, because we don't we don't see a facial expression, we don't see a you know we don't see a t- you know we don't hear a tone, um, we, we we can't see the body language, and so we're we're putting that interpretation. I mean, unless of course you're doing the all caps, and then that's just to be you're yelling at me. Um, but, yeah. But you know, and even and even if you stick an emoji on there, it's still it, it's still very difficult to you know get the full meaning i mean and and you know i've had i've had clients that you know they say that's actually the only way they can communicate around difficult topics which i say that's great as long as you understand that you have to be aware that you're not getting as the full um, experience of of being with somebody because you because you're not seeing their eyes you're not you're not doing these physical things that can help you um you still may not like what the person's saying, but at least if they've got a smile on their face or kind of a laugh in their in their voice, you know they're they're kidding. You might not like what they're kidding about, but you know they're not being serious and hurtful um, unless they're being snide. But that's but that's a tone as well. So I mean, but these you know, but these things are so critical. And then the other the other set are what I call the mindset tips, which are as you said putting yourself in the speaker's mind, cultivating empathy, avoid making judgments, listen for meaning, pay attention to the feelings associated with the words. And I think that this is, that the mindset things um, are, are really where the challenges are, that if we could do these mindset things, the physical actions would be easier. So how could people get better at these? I mean, listening for meaning, paying attention to, to feelings. I think that there's sometimes that that's really difficult. Yeah, sometimes it's really difficult. I think, you know, first of all, number one, of course, we have to really cherish and, you know, have feelings towards the person who's speaking. Otherwise, we don't have any interest. So it has to start with interest and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think whether you're a therapist or, you know, a, a partner in a relationship, the, the foundation has to be love. It needs to be there because that, that's what keeps us going, right? And mm-hmm. so not, you're not going to look into someone's eyes if you don't really care about them. So looking in their eyes and hearing them speak and paying attention to the feelings associated with their words is really, really critical. And I think it's just practice like anything else. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're practicing to meditate every day. I think this is a practice that, uh, you know, if you just keep a list of a reminder on your desk and if you're having trouble listening, then just go refer to it and maybe share it with your partner and then you can both kind of learn and be practicing the same, in the same way. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think one of the things, um, and, and, the empathy, the getting, putting yourself in the other person's shoes into their mindset. I think some of this can be really difficult, especially when we're when we're wanting to have what I call hard conversations. There's a challenge that that we're facing, or I'm having difficulty with some behavior that's going on, and I want to talk about it. And you know, um, it's very uncomfortable. And so I think that in those times, doing the, you know, be, being empathetic, non-judgmental, because that's a big one, um, is, is challenging. So do you have any suggestions? 
because you said practicing, and it's like, yeah, I get that, but, but how do I know what to practice? How do I develop empathy? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of articles and books written about empathy. You know, is it something that can be taught or is it something that you're born with? And, you know, I, I go back and forth on that. I do believe some people are naturally more empathetic than others. And I don't mm-hmm. know that it's something that can be taught personally. I think it's something that can be practiced. Um, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes to feel what they're feeling is not something everybody can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... But the the other things on the list that we talked about, about, you know, being a good listener are things that I think we can practice more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the foundation has to be love because uh, once you love and care about the person who's speaking, then it's much easier to feel empathy and care about their thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't care about them, then it's very hard to um, to offer any kind of, you know, empathy or or, um, or or comments or, you know, um, right. back and, to them if that's what you're wanting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I do know that one of the things that is challenging for a lot of people is con- conflating how I feel about the situation with how I'm being, with how I'm being told somebody else is experiencing the situation. And, and the thing is, is I don't have to feel the same way you do as more of a recognition that I get that this is what you're feeling. And I think that that can be, you know, can be very difficult, especially if the feelings that are present are ones that make me uncomfortable. It's like, okay, stop feeling that way. It's like, okay, well, that's not going to help because I right. do feel this way. Um, right. And so I think there's, some practice that can be about how how can I manage my own feelings while sitting with yours? I think that that can be a a real thing. But the but sorry, I, I had a thought that I wanted to make sure I I said something about because you're talking about you know this coming from a place of love that we start out you know that we have to actually care and i'm thinking that you know i'm thinking back over people who've been together for a long time who maybe haven't mastered some of these skills and so they started out with love but then over the years because they haven't felt heard and listened to you know there isn't deep listening going on that maybe I have kind of stopped caring. And do you have any recommendations about how to move back into that? Yeah, I mean, that's not easy. I think it's about rekindling love, you know, going back to, you know, the first date and thinking about what was it that attracted you to this person? Can we rekindle that feeling? Can we maybe, you know, if it was the first movie we saw, listen mm-hmm. to that movie again. If there was a song we danced to it, you know, at a party or someone's wedding that we really connected with or dance, you know, sometimes my husband and I put music on and dance in the kitchen to some of our songs that they sang at our wedding. And, mm-hmm. and I think it really can bring you back or, you know, put on some clothes or, you know, or perfumes or colognes that remind you of the early days that can bring you back uh, to what you were feeling and perhaps also your behaviors can also um, emulate that mm-hmm. well and, and I think that sometimes by 
maybe practicing the action skills that you talk about, the, the um, you know, nodding and saying, uh-huh, reflecting back. I think that can also maybe rekindle some of that because it gets us out of our own head and our own reactions and our own judgments if we're actually, okay, for the next five minutes, I am just going to really concentrate on what this other person is saying. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to respond to it. I don't have to do anything with it except just kind of be present and do those action steps. I think maybe that, does, does that sound like it might be a way back into more, in, into the more loving mindset type of things that then make deep listening really effective? Yes, definitely. But I do think, like I said, love is the most important. You've got to have love to be able to even be a good listener or care, caring mm-hmm. for the other person. But uh, yeah, just getting into the mindset of just minding yourself of being, you know, having a beginner's um, a beginner's ear. I think it's really a good way also just to remind you to stay in the moment. It's also about staying in the moment and not thinking about what you have to make for dinner or what you have to you know pick up at the store or mm-hmm. what kid you have to pick up from school or whatnot. So I think keeping us in the moment um, is probably the most challenging thing you know because we're all either living many of us are living in the past and the future. So mm-hmm. being in the moment, it just has so many offerings. There's just so many rewards living in the moment, especially when it comes to deep listening, mm-hmm. being present. You know, if you just keep reminding yourself, just be present, come back to the moment. Like when we learn how to meditate, you know, the instructors often say, well, just come back to the breath. If your thoughts come, their thoughts are like clouds in the sky. They drift mm-hmm. through you, but just come back to the breath. So if mm-hmm. we can just say, come back this moment, come back to the person that's speaking, um, I think that could be really helpful. Well, Diane, I want to thank you so much for sharing this really, what I consider to be extraordinarily valuable information. Can you share with the listeners where they can learn more about good communication, your writings, all of the wonderful things that you offer? Oh, sure. Thank you so much for mentioning that. So I have a website, dianarab.com, and that's D-I-A-N-A-R-A-A-B as in boy dot com. And there's all kinds of things on there, my upcoming events and articles and poems. I'm also a poet, uh, poems that I've written and my books. I have a new book coming out called uh, An Imaginary Affair, which is uh, poems in response to Pablo Neruda. Mm. I also do a lot of teaching for healing and transformation, and that can be found on my website. So I'd like to finish with a little quote by Rumi. Uh, and basically, you know, there's such a healing power to be listened to. So Rumi says, just listen. And I love that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I love that too. And, and that, that heads into one of my all-time favorite quotes by David Augsburger. And he said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. And that's what we've been talking about today. That's how important this deep listening is. And so I have a couple of questions for you. How do you think you rate as a listener? What could you do better? And what would help you on that journey? And so I hope that one of the things that will help you on that journey is for you to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving.